Hear the word of God from the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 36 through 43. This reading comes from the Common English Bible. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. Her life overflowed with good works and compassionate acts on behalf of those who were in need. About that time, though, she became so ill that she died. After they washed her body, they laid her in an upstairs room. And since Lydda was near Joppa, when the disciples heard that Peter was there, they sent two people to Peter. They urged him, please come right away. So Peter went with them. Upon his arrival, he was taken to the upstairs room. All the windows stood beside him, crying as they showed the tunics and the other clothing that Dorcas made when she was alive. Then Peter sent everybody out of the room and knelt and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and saw Peter and sat up. He gave her his hand and raised her up with him. Then he called God's holy people, including the widows, and presented her alive to them. The news spread throughout Joppa and Lydda, and many put their faith in the Lord. Peter stayed for some time there with a certain tanner named Simon. The word of God to the world. Thank you. So I'm going to start a little differently today. Introverts will hate it. So I want you to turn to your partner or whoever you came with, and I want you to tell somebody, or if you didn't come with someone, just turn to somebody, and tell them who do you admire, and who did you try to pattern yourself growing up? Or maybe if you're a younger teen, who do you look up to? Who do you like? Who do you kind of want to be like? I'm not going to give you a lot of time. Go. All right, that's a good one to pattern yourself after. Good looking. On the dad, okay. All right, you're not talking to anyone, Howard. I'm coming over. I told behind me, my dad. Okay. All right, we're gonna. Uh, who who are they? This side? My mom. Mom. Oh, that's sweet. Dad. Cousin. Cousin. You guys are getting all f- familial. I like that. Any non-family people? Somebody you pattern yourself after? Oh, Jesus. Come on. That's always the answer, Rob. All right. This side? Anybody? Teacher. Teacher. Your dad? Coach. All right. Well, those are all good. I thought they'd be a little bit more, I don't know. MacGyver. All right. Thank you. Somebody's introverted wouldn't say it, but I love it. All right. So for me, it was this guy. Can you put him up? Rob Lowe. 
wearing himself a t-shirt and a flannel shirt, soda pop and the iconic outsiders. That's who was cool, tough, good looking. That's what I wanted to be. So I feebly, feebly, and I, I tell you, I feebly tried to imitate him. My middle school friends can attest to it. Uh, I put it on Facebook too. I would often wear a white t-shirt, uh, je- acid wash jeans, even those guest jeans, remember those? And that pegged at the bottom. I don't think they did that in The Outsiders, but I thought it was cool. And then collar up. So you see, imitation is the sincerest form of... Ooh, everybody knows that quote, right? You ever hear that quote? You know where it comes from? So it's been used throughout really the centuries. And so the guy who's often quoted as using it is uh, Charles Caleb Colton. He's an English cleric. Said it in his 1824 work, this book he had. But it was even before that. So there were others. There was Marcus Aurelius, 1708 biography. Said it this way. Listen, listen to this. This is interesting. I'm going to read it twice. You should consider that imitation is the most acceptable part of worship. And that the gods had much rather mankind should resemble than flatter. Let me read that one more time. You should consider that imitation is the most acceptable part of worship. And that the gods had much rather mankind should resemble than flatter them. You see, as Christians, today we're going to talk about imitation. We're called to be imitators of Jesus, not to flatter God, not to be religious, not to do the right thing, but that's good to do, but it's really to imitate Jesus in the world. To follow him is different than to flatter him. You see, we follow Jesus by patterning our thoughts and our behaviors out in our lives around loving God, around loving our neighbor, and around loving our enemy. The worst part of following Jesus, in my opinion, we're called to imitate Jesus. Now, the Greek word for imitation is mimetes. Mimetes. That's where mimic comes from. It's where mime comes from. And as Christians, that's what we're called to do. In 1 Corinthians 11, Paul, who's a part of our story last week, Saul, when he has the converting blinding light, he gets more explicit about what this means. He says who to imitate and how. He says, he has a big ego, be imitators of me as I am imitator, as I imitate Christ. So he is imitating Christ and we're supposed to imitate Paul, which is what we often do when we look at the lives of the saints and Mother Teresa and different people who are spiritual giants. We're imitating them and they're imitating Jesus. So here's my question. Can you do it? Are you up to the task? Are you up to being an imitator of Jesus Christ? Are you willing to become more like Jesus today than you were yesterday? Or if that's too close, are you more willing to become like Jesus this year than you were last year? Be imitators of God. So Peter and Tabitha, who we're going to talk about in a minute, are going to help us in our quest to search out how we can be more like Jesus, how we can imitate him. So there's one word that I want you to remember today, and I want you to either write it down in your little sermon notes, 
take a picture of, of what's going to come up in a, in, in a minute. Uh, because it's the secret, it's a secret, it's not the, it's a secret to imitating Jesus. It's a Greek word, you wouldn't know it unless you were fluent in Greek. And it's this, will you throw it up there for me? Anistame, will you say that with me? Anistame, one more time. Anistame, we're going to say that a, a number of times today. Anistame, let's get to the scripture. So here we go again. Isaiah did a a great job of reading it. The writer in Acts blasts us with some hard-to-identify type miracles. Last week it was Saul, blinding light, right? Can't see anything. Ananias has a vision too. Go to the killer of Christians. Lay your hands on him, heal him. That, that, that was big, right? Then right after that story, right before we read here, it pivots from Paul slash Saul to Peter, Peter goes and heals a guy that has been crippled for eight years, and then it starts with our reading today. So Peter is in Lydda, which is about 10 miles away from our story today. Peter and Tabitha are who we're going to try to imitate. Here we go. So the widows get uh, word that they hear Peter's nearby. Obviously, it's probably gotten around what he was doing. He was healing people. They sent for him because Tabitha, or Dorcas, is dead. Now, this is so fascinating to me. It says that Tabitha is a disciple, okay? Tabitha is a disciple. It's the only place in the New Testament where that word is used feminine in the, in the Greek. Tabitha, disciple. Even though there are many women disciples before, this is the first place at where it's named that she is a disciple. Pretty powerful. It says this, Tabitha's life overflowed with good works and compassionate acts on behalf of those in need. Good works and compassionate acts for those in need. So, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to grab this first. There was a woman about 24 years ago, a little over 24 years ago, who, um, she was from our congregation. It was back when the, when the sanctuary was actually flipped, so you entered on plat, and in the memorial garden courtyard, that's where all the food was, and people went in through the back doors, and then uh, it, was, it was much different. But there was a group of men uh, presumably homeless, who used to sit across the street on Platt Street against the wall there every Sunday morning. And they would journey over uh, to get some coffee, and then they kind of head back. But this one woman, this woman 24 years ago, noticed that they were over there. And then she would start going over there to talk with them. Something began to stir in her soul. Something began to give her a nudge that she was supposed to do something. She didn't know what. She was supposed to do something. So you know what she did? She started to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You know what she did with those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? She just started with one loaf. She just set them outside next to the coffee. And the guys would come pick them up. One loaf turned into two loaves, turned into three loaves, turned into so many she couldn't figure it out. 
She couldn't handle it herself, so she started inviting her friends to do it. And so she invited her friends to do it, and that started to build, 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 build for a couple of years until there were 150 people on that list, and she couldn't manage it anymore. And you know what that turned into? Do you know what that turned into? Open arms. 24 years ago. Good works nudging in her soul. Prompting to do something pushed her out of her comfort zone. And this drive that we were doing relates to that nudging of her soul 24 years ago. But that's not the only thing that happened because she might not know it. And you know who that woman was? I know some of you do. Dorothy Leaving. Bernie, one of our former associate pastor's wife, started that ministry. But the, uh, she has since passed, but she probably didn't know this either. There was a guy in his 20s who was struggling with Jesus and struggling, struggling more with the church, who came to Hyde Park and who left Hyde Park, but came back because of that ministry. That was me. You might never know how your stirring in your soul might bring somebody closer to Jesus. The first way that we can imitate Jesus is to do good works, just like Tabitha and just like Dorothy. Compassionate acts to those in need. Anistame. Say that with me. Anistame. We'll get there. Good works is one way, but there's another that the scripture reveals. Tabitha was dead, right? The community was absolutely grief-stricken. It says this, should appear on the screen, when the disciples heard that Peter was there, which was in Lydda, they sent two people to Peter. They urged him, please come right away. Please come right away. And Peter went with them. So many of you know, and some of you might not know, that the United Methodist Church is in a big old mess with itself and has been for about... 40 or so years, fighting over the issue of uh, LGBTQ inclusion and, and whatnot. And uh, you may have heard in February the, the denomination, the only, the only organization that can speak for the whole denomination is what's called the General Conference. It's made up of delegates, uh, representatives all over the world. Uh, so there's always kind of disagreement under that big tent. But anyway, uh, in February, it, uh, it came out that they had some more punitive uh, stances and measures around this issue that would punish bishops and people like me who really feel passionate about this issue without leaving space for people who believe differently, which is what many of us were trying to uh, hold the space of. The day after that decision, that community really hurt, and there was a guy who... Uh, who I know, who's been married and monogamous for very many, many years with his, his husband, came into my office and wept for a very long time. Wept. Broken. Hurt. Excluded. You know, last week, your clergy, most of your clergy, went to something called a cry to Hope Rally in uh, Orlando to look at ways that we could uh, be a more inclusive, 
Florida conference and allow space for people to believe differently to work in, in their space. Um, and it was there we heard witnesses of people being hurt. We heard, we heard people really sad about our brothers and sisters in Christ who we might believe differently, just really in, in major conflict. And we also heard from the community itself. Here's the point. The point is, we are called to go to people who are suffering. We are called to go to people in our lives or people in the community who are suffering. You don't have to agree with me on that issue, but there are people in your life who are suffering. There are people in your communities who are suffering. There are issues in your life that tug on your heart, whether it be children or elderly or addicts and alcoholics or something that is calling you to go be with a community who suffers. That's being like Jesus. That's being like Peter. Anistame. Say that with me. Anistame. So Peter went. We know this is the kind of the miraculous part of the story, right? He went and he arrived in the room with Tabitha and the widows, and the widows were grieving and showed him their clothing that she made. Now remember, widows and orphans weren't taken care of by anybody. And this woman, Tabitha, a female disciple, as indicated, would make clothes for this community, this grief-stricken, excluded community. And they showed Peter the clothes that she made because they loved her so much. You know, Peter had seen this happen before. If you were to rewind in Luke chapter 8, Jesus raises Jairus' daughter. In a very similar manner. Jesus sent everybody out of the room, just like Peter does, but he keeps some people in. He keeps Peter, John, James, and the child's mother and father. And what Jesus says, the words he says are very similar. He says, child, get up. And Peter does the same thing. Peter imitates Jesus. He sends everybody out of the room. And it says this, it says the difference is he says he knelt and he prayed and he turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. And she did. This week, undoubtedly, you have heard about a, yet another school shooting in Colorado, not far from Columbine. Actually, one of the shooters lives on the street of a good high school friend of mine. So it's, uh, you know, been close home for her. And perhaps you heard about this, this kid. Check this kid out. You heard about him? Kendrick Castillo. Castillo. He was the lone fatality in that shooting. He was Catholic, and he lived out his faith. He served as an usher at the Catholic Church in Mass, on Sundays, and he served with his father through the Knights of Columbus and some of their ministry events. And his teacher, he went to a Catholic school before he was in the STEM, STEM school, and his teachers described him as joyful, sweet, and an immensely kind young man. One said, 
if any little kids were crying or something, he would go and talk with them. He would reach out to them. He would notice those things. You see, Kendrick did good works, and Kendrick went to the people who suffered. But that's not all he did. John 13 says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay one's life down for one's friends. And in a heroic act, less than a week ago, Kendrick arose from his desk when he was sitting in literature class and he charged the two attackers. And he bought his classmates time to escape and gave his life so his classmates could live. Anistame. Say that. Anistame. Anistame means to rise, to rise up, to get up. And if we are to imitate Jesus in this world, brothers and sisters, we must rise like Tabitha and Dorothy and do good works to those in need. We must rise like Peter who is in the middle of doing something in his life. And we must rise like Portico Cares, which is the LGBT Q group that's meeting Sundays at the portico and go to the communities who are suffering. And we must rise like Kendrick, like our baptismal vows, like the Holy Spirit that was given to each one of us when we said yes to Jesus so that we can stand up to, that we can stand in the face of evil in all the ways that they present themselves. We must rise up so others may live and make God's love real. Anistame. Say that one more time with me. Anistame. Go and do so. Let us pray. God, I give thanks for you in the way that you call us to imitate you. Empower us so that we can be like you this week. Show us the good acts to do push through our resistance. Show us the people or the suffering communities to which we are called to share our gifts and help us believe in your power that raised Jesus from the dead, that flowed through Peter and raised Tabitha and Jairus' daughter, that can help us anistame. God, help us rise this week. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we give back through our gifts that fund all the ministries of the church, and there are three ways to give. Thank you for your generosity.